0: Today marks the last in our fall sermon series, Finding Fullness and Wholeness as a Family of Faith. Finding conveys a process of discovery, not an arrival. Fullness and wholeness do not come this morning with the completion of this sermon series. No, our Christian journey is just that, a journey towards greater and greater wholeness. Over the course of this early fall, we have been exploring signs of wholeness. We have looked at community and connecting, hope and vision, purpose versus preservation, being Christ centered and and biblically based, truthfulness and justice. And today we will look at vulnerability and flexibility. As we begin, Mm -hmm. Hear this one sentence from the movie Terms of Endearment. What stays with me most is that life is forever fleeting. Our fates juggled heartbreakingly by the events we can't foresee or control. And we are always pitifully vulnerable to what happens next. But are we pitifully vulnerable only under the sign of fates or is our vulnerability different in the light of our faith? A certain violin maker in the old days always chose the wood for his violins from the north side of the trees. It was the side that the wind and the storms had beat upon. So he said that in the night when he heard the groaning of the trees in the forest, he didn't feel sorry for them. But they were simply learning to be violins. Some of the greatest and most important things in the world have, have weakness for their foundation. To be vulnerable with one another in faith is to embrace the heart of God. Listen again to the words from our brother Paul, who himself knew great struggle and suffering. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words of wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. God became vulnerable in Jesus Christ. Literally, through his, his body, he became Vulnerable enough to die on a cross, on a tree. Yet that tree and the ensuing groaning were simply becoming a symbol of salvation. Jesus in his life has shown a vulnerability of solidarity with people in their poverty and powerlessness. A tree, a cross, shows how How power, as the world knows it, is no match for the vulnerability of suffering and love. For look what happened out of that weakness. Just when the world thought Jesus was utterly out of power came our Easter celebration. Vulnerability is seldom a pleasant choice. To be vulnerable and weak is to risk pain. Now. If we are to be a healthy church, we should not seek pain, but we need to show the vulnerability of solidarity with others. We must be weak with the weak and vulnerable to tax and criticism. As a healthy, vulnerable church, we need to risk failure and not be discouraged. Our Lord's death is a recognition of his great vulnerability. And it is precisely in him that God was pleased to dwell. The other side of wholeness we are looking at this morning goes hand in hand with vulnerability. And it is flexibility. Remember, the tree and its vulnerability to the elements? Well, it is flexible under the stress of high winds. and The world is full of pressures and change. And the one constant in life, yes, the one constant in life, is change. The question is, how will we adapt and adjust to change? A wealthy woman was being sued for a large sum of money by a cleaning woman who had fallen off a small step ladder. There, before the jury's eyes, stood the plaintiff's prize exhibit, the ladder itself, alleged to be rickety and unsafe. Lloyd Stryker, the attorney for the defense, a burly, big-shouldered hunk of a man, was extolling the ladder's sound construction. And to prove his point on the ladder, he jumped on it, and it practically exploded all over the courtroom. Stryker picked himself up. Do you see, ladies and gentlemen, he said quietly, as though he had planned it that way, you see how solidly that stepladder was built? A big fellow like me had to jump on it with all his weight just to break it. (laughs) That's not quite the kind of flexibility and adjusting we're talking about. If it is true that the only constant in life is change, then it is equally true that to live is to adapt. I've always admired my grandparents' generation, those who were born in the very early 1900s. And even though they got a bad rap for resisting change, The reality is they saw and adjusted to more change than practically any other generation throughout history. The changes came rapidly and were inevitable, and every single one of us listening today has seen multitudinous changes in our lifetime. The Nobel Laureate for Literature and New Expressions in Poetic Writing Bob Dylan expressed it this way in one of his songs. Come mothers and fathers throughout the land and don't criticize what you can't understand. Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand. For the times, they are a change. The line it is drawn, the curse it is cast, the slow one now will Later be fast, as the present now will later be past. The order is rapidly fading, and the first one now will later be last. For the times, they are a change. Well, here's what we've learned in our times: that the world changes, and at the same time, we we are a change. Everything is changing. We can't always wait to have everything in order for every decision and action we make. Each of us makes literally thousands of decisions every day, ready or not. Oftentimes we have to be flexible and make the best decisions we can and live in the moment as things come to us. And such was just the case with Jesus one day when a Canaanite woman approached him and asked him to heal her daughter. We know that during the first century in a patriarchal society, women were basically the property of men and had few, if any, rights. And certainly a Canaanite woman was not worthy of conversation. And so, at first, Jesus didn't talk to her. He simply said, I was sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she said, Lord, help me. It was then that that it seems Jesus started to feel sorry for her, for he enters into a conversation with one who wasn't even worthy. And Jesus says, It is not fair to take the children's food and, and throw it to the dogs. And she responds, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus felt sorry for her. Wait, Jesus felt sorry for her? No, 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 he did not. He was startled and surprised, and he learned from her. He even changed his perspective and opened his ministry beyond the Jews and to women. Now, I just have to tell you, that was a radical idea nearly 2,000 years ago. Yet, far beyond the inequ- inequity of the sexes is a crucial aspect of Jesus' nature. He was vulnerable and flexible. He was vulnerable in that he opened himself to talking with a woman precisely when the disciples said, send her away for she keeps shouting after us. And Jesus was flexible in that he allowed his perspective and worldview to shift because of this encounter. Humanity's input, this woman's input had a sway on the Lord's perspective, which is to suggest that God's nature is flexible and changing. And if God can be flexible, so shouldn't we be? You know, these old bodies of ours are most responsive, productive, and energized when they are limber and flexible. For example, one is better able to exercise vigorously if one is first loosened up with some stretching. For the church, it means if the processes and people are flexible, it will, as a whole, be more responsive to change and better able to meet its goals. Organizational flexibility can be understood as the ability to adjust to internal and external change. For some, Change is seen as a threat to the way things have always been. I pray we will all learn to see beyond the false notion that we can ever stand still. We can't. We are either growing and changing or dying. There is no status quo in the church of Jesus Christ. And it's important for us to remember the basic purpose for our existence as a church. We are not here simply to reinforce one another's values or keep each other comfortable. We are here to be the church Jesus Christ calls us to be. The Bible clearly states that such a church is a church on the grove. Ready or not. Ready or not, here I come. Now, life is not a game of hide and seek, yet there is a sense in which it comes at us ready Not. And one of the keys to our fullness and wholeness as a family of faith will be our vulnerability and flexibility. In Marjorie Williams' classic story, The Velveteen Rabbit, two toys are talking in the nursery. Real isn't how you are made, said the skin horse. It's a thing happens to you, when when a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? asked the rep. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once, like like being wound up, he asked, or, or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't often happen to people who break easily or have sharp edges or have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out, and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But those things don't matter once you are real. Change the word real to whole for us today, and it fits as well. Being real is being whole. And it comes about over a lifetime. Being a whole church is about being the real people of God. Finding fullness and wholeness as a family of faith. Community and connecting. Hope and vision. Purpose versus preservation. Being Christ-centered and biblically based. Truthfulness and justice and vulnerability and flexibility, all wrapped up in love. These are all significant keys to wholeness as a family of faith. And there's a paradox here, and it's this. We cannot find fullness and wholeness on our own. It is only when our finding and discovery mingles with God's finding and discovery of us that we can ever become more whole. Thank goodness that, as Kristen Stendhal reminds us, God's agenda is the mending of creation. May we, may we be finding fullness and wholeness as a family of faith, long after today, all because of God's saving act in Jesus Christ our Lord. Ready or not. Ready or not. Amen.